Hello everybody, this is Benjamin Kitchings of the History Voyager. This is episode 93, where I talk to Frankie, the Polaroid Fox, who's half of the duo of the podcast Coapples Therapy. The thing about this time that we live in is that it's very multicultural and and very sort of... I guess there's a lot of borders and a lot of boundaries and a lot of a lot of us sort of bestride these boundaries a lot a lot of the time and I think that's cool I think it's cool I think it's interesting you know um anyway we talk a lot in this podcast about food and like that and basically it was a really fun podcast and I really I really really enjoyed it but um and we also talk about comic books a little bit and he actually uh, gave me um, an idea for an episode guest that I'm going to try to have down the road. I really, really hope to have him uh, down the road. But anyway, so I had a lot of fun. But if you're one of these people that listens to my podcast because I interview uh, like experts or, or do a history deep dive in something... Uh, this might not be the podcast for you. Not saying it's not a good podcast. It is, and I'm really, really proud of it. I wouldn't put it out if I wasn't proud of it. But it's basically two guys having a girl conversation uh, for the most part. Anyway, so you guys uh, enjoy it. Oh, by the way, it's also uh, not safe for work. So if you got kids bouncing around in the car or if you're in an office or something like that, you might not want to uh, give this a listen where you don't want people to hear dirty words. All right. You guys have a good day. And like I always say, have a good day because I am too. And um, which, by the way... Um, I'm gonna. I'm doing episode. Uh, I'm doing some more episodes of this, um, but like this where I talk to folks. I've got a really good episode that I'm about to put out about this guy. He uh, kind of raising kids on the other side of what they call the digital divide. You might want to give that a listen. He he brought up some some really interesting points that that I wasn't really too much aware of. Uh, in my own in my own life, um, but anyway, um, I I had a blast doing this, but I'm also putting out um, season three is going to be the the tulip bubble like I like I alluded to, and I'm I'm doing research on that, and uh, so that was cool. Um, anyway, uh, you guys uh, take care and. Uh, like I always say, I'm having a good day, and I hope you are too. And uh, there's a zillion podcasts out there. And thank you very, very much for listening to mine. Um, I don't know how many listeners exactly I have, uh, but I have a lot. And I mean, I have a number that my pod provider can give me, but like I've said before, I think it's more than that. Um, but thank you. Thank you from the 
very bottom of my heart for listening to this show and making this one of the biggest independent podcasts that isn't about sex or murder. And that's a that's a quote from my pod provider, by the way. Uh, thank you. Thanks a lot. Um, anyway, like I said, I'm having a, a good day, and I hope you are too, and I'll see you on the flip side. All right. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the History Boys here. My name is Benjamin Kitchings, and we're going to talk to Frankie of Coapos Therapy. And I want to talk to you about kind of this new world that we all find ourselves living in in 2021 and 2020 and i mean you mentioned you had a twitch i mean i guarantee you there's folks listening to me that don't even know what twitch is etc and so on um so first of all why don't we start off why don't you tell me about co-opals therapy first off uh yeah um so uh uh Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. My name is Frank Polaroid Fox. Um, I am one half of the, it's a kind of a joke, but it's the second greatest podcast of all time called the Co-Opples Therapy. Um, so the play on words, uh, Co-Opples Therapy is a couples therapy and co-oping video games, like co-operating period, period, video games. Yeah. Um, originally what was going to start as a kind of a it's called the let's play channel so it's where you kind of post gameplay videos of video games on uh youtube we ended up uh not having a lot of time to sit down and edit so we ended up kind of just going more for the talking part of it um so it's uh myself and my fiance uh dominique but um, her handle is Damn Dommy. Um, and she she plays video games more than I do. But uh, I've always done like audio production, uh, like video production and music and stuff. And it was just one of those things where playing video games is a hobby for sure. But um, I know she kind of has more of a niche to it than I do. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so tell me about. I love being a podcaster and I've been doing podcasting since the middle of March uh, last year because of the pandemic. And this, this, this podcast started out life as a, a history deep dive uh, into the Spanish flu and, and COVID. Uh, yeah. But I guess what morphed into season two was me talking to folks about, about their reality, about their world. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know, people are just, I, I've interviewed lots of folks and very rarely do you find somebody who's not interesting, at least for an hour. Yeah. Do you know what I'm no, saying? No, definitely. <laughs> definitely. It's, um, I know for me, it, it, it always, at least for me, when we first started like the podcast, um, our biggest conflict was what are we going to talk about? Like, are we even going to be able to talk for 15 minutes, for 30 minutes? Like, what's, you know, how would we be able to even talk for an hour? And eventually, you know, like our first, I want to say 
our first like 13 episodes are about three hours long a piece. And it's a lot of uh, kind of deep diving into like our childhood, into our ideas uh, or ideology of what like a, a relationship looks like, of what like success looks like, of what like being passionate about things look like also. Um, and because we're both from the same town, um, she has her history in the part of town that she lives in, as in like where she grew up, the people she knows, kind of like the, I guess you would say like the lore to the street that you live on. And then it's the same for me. Like I grew up in, um, I grew up in uh, Stockton, California, and I've grown up in the South side of Stockton um, since as long as I can remember. And I know like, you know, being all over one side of town, like walking from school, walking to like the train tracks and um, her, she, she lives kind of like farther Northwest of the, of town. And yeah. the, and the, the, and the thing is that the Stockton is only about nine miles long. And I want to say maybe like 10 miles wide. So it doesn't, it seems like a huge area, but it's not. And, and then you run into, you see like the same people kind of over and over again sometimes. And then you finally meet them and you're like, you know, I, I didn't know that you went to like the same school that I did or, Oh, I, I didn't know you were shopping there like growing up. And, and it's, it's crazy to see that, you know, as big as the town feels, uh, it's a really small town and everyone, everyone in their side of town kind of has their own like history, um, within the streets and within, you know, the, the ground that they step on. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, so you seem kind of like me where my podcast is, has introduced me to a whole world out there, like a whole planet. And I mean, like, so has, has podcasting done that for you or it's, it's broadened, kind of your horizons or it's made you think about different things that you wouldn't have thought about uh without doing a podcasting etc uh yeah i would say yes um because i i've always done kind of like some audio production and some kind of like form of media production uh, throughout my life um i originally started doing uh hip-hop music so I was a, like a songwriter and kind of like a recording artist. And I remember kind of meeting other up and coming acts and other up and coming like talent. And then people that were kind of already established in our town. And eventually it was, hey, I know this guy in Arkansas that does this. Like you should email him and you should get on you should talk to him uh like via myspace or aol like instant messenger like you know um and then just connecting with other people and kind of getting to know what kind of inspires them to write music and what like their backstory is to to doing music but with podcasting it kind of um it kind of has made a bigger horizon or brought in the horizon a lot more um, just because with it being a, uh, for us, with it being a relationship podcast, um, we, in, not only do we interview 
like the our our main guest, and and it I don't want to say like the main guest, but we we interview like um, other like Twitch streamers, other media, other media creators, content creators, but then we also have them either bring like their significant other, or maybe like um, for example. We recently interviewed the gentleman from uh, Radical Wrestling, um, which is a wrestling podcast that we've known the gentleman for. We know the both gentlemen for a while now, but both of them came on the show, and you know it was so so fun talking to them and and me personally. Like I watched wrestling at one point in my life as a kid, but I feel like everyone has. Um, but then you either grow up out of it or you, and I don't want to say, and it's not like in a, I would say, I don't want to say it as a negative thing, like saying you grow out of wrestling, but you kind of like grow out of it because you find interest elsewhere. But there's people that know the history that watch, you know, uh, like the WrestleMania events from like 20 years ago. And, and these two gentlemen, like, they've been their show has been consisting of starting from like the very first episode of uh the wwf all the way like they're going through every single like match every single like main event every single like story arc and stuff and it's so cool to like find out like what got them into it how they kind of like found each other and their same interests and it, it just goes a little bit more beyond that as well, but um, it it was so much fun like recording with them. It was it, they because they they knew kind of like uh, the everyone. I guess everyone has their own like story and has their own way of like uh, editing and producing and what kind of pre production they do and what kind of post production they do and just hearing everyone's like own kind of point of view of it, it it makes you realize like I can be working on it this way or I can be doing it this way or maybe I can give this person pointers to figure something out, you know, and and that's one of the beauties of it with podcasting because um, it's kind of like the saying, that's the reason the world has flavors because everyone will have their own their own taste in something. What what I love about podcasting um, as far as like because I used to make movies and documentaries and things. But what I love about podcasting is I I, I call it the, uh, I went to the Joe Rogan school of uh, podcast editing, which basically means I don't like to edit podcasts a lot. Yeah. And in some ways, that's like a, uh, believe it or not, that's like a conscious choice because, I mean, my attitude is like, this is the moment. This is a conversation in the second. So you want to try and hear that, right? But the other thought is like, this is like a document. See, this podcast is really just a a primary source document for our time. That's what I'm doing here on a history show, talking to people about their world. Because you know how it is. You go on podcasts, right? And to boost your podcast, right? And what I noticed talking to people was I noticed that 2020 is bonkers. And 2021 is also bonkers. And people are not... We need to... As people alive in 2020, we need to talk about that. Because 
for not just for ourselves, but for the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, definitely. I know. Um, and sorry to interrupt, but I know I, I was telling Dom the other day. It's like, um, it's crazy to see that 2020 became kind of like a content creator renaissance. You know how uh, everyone. Not to say that you know it, it was unfortunate that with the pandemic, like this, everyone kind of found out that they're able to content create and able to actually focus on the passion. Um, but I think it kind of took the pandemic as bad as it is, but it gave everyone kind of that opportunity to kind of find that inner spark in themselves to do what they were passionate about and kind of like, I guess, take that leap of faith to actually do it. Cause, uh, you know, before that, everyone's kind of doing like a regular nine to five. Everyone's like busy doing things and um, kind of like after a long day of work, you're like, I don't really want to, I really don't want to like continue and having to do that extra work on either like editing, recording, or like, you know, drawing or anything like that. But right now with when everything happened, you know, you had to kind of stay home. So you found like that inner spark or you found that passion that you, you're actually really like uh, motivated to do. And now uh, I really hope that because of 2020, um, 2021, you, we start to see a lot more of those content creators and kind of like their next project or their, or something that they're finally putting that finishing touch to. Let me ask you a question, and I, I asked this of a guest I had on yesterday. But let me ask you, let me ask you this question. Um, you, I, I'm gonna take a stab here. You've seen uh, before the pandemic, right? You've seen um, post-apocalyptic stuff like The Walking Dead, or uh, yeah. what's another Contagion, or things of that nature. All right, let me. Let me ask you, what do you think that intellectual property from before the pandemic, what do you think it got wrong about being in a pandemic itself? Um, I would say if we're, I would, if we're, I mean, not necessarily, it doesn't have to necessarily be The Walking Dead, but I guess you can say with uh, something like The Walking Dead, where it's something that almost everyone can kind of catch. I guess I would say it's like the oh, man. I'm trying to think of, of where what some it, people what, are going to be immune. Basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, like some people may be immune, and even now, it, it, what is it? The the um, immunocompromise? Not it's the opposite of that. It's right? like the immunocompromised it's, people. And then there's the healthy people, and who's which? Yeah, right. it, it's something where I would say, oh my god, it's kind of like uh, I believe it was in the first season of The Walking Dead at the very end, where um, the scientist told Rick, like everyone already has it, and though it may not be true that everyone already has kind of like COVID, um, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like it's something that 
anyone can catch it and whether or not you can yeah. and that everyone reacts to it differently so it's like some people have no symptoms some people have like mild symptoms and some people unfortunately pass away and that's one of those things where it it, it becomes how do you say hard to tell because like even like a like in the in the show you know if a group of zombies comes uh, comes into a room you like the the toughest guy in the room can still get bit and you know become a and turn and yeah. they can and then it doesn't matter like you know what they do how like well they trained or how like and sometimes it, it's it, at least in the show. Sometimes it's like the most. Are you serious? He got bit like that, or like he's going out like that in the show, or she's going out like that in the show. And this is like, come on, because um, I know. And I would say spoiler alert, but at the same time, it's the show's been out for so long. Um, when and and I don't know if you've seen seen the show. Uh, I, I like used that. to watch the show a lot. I, I don't watch okay. it anymore, but I used to watch it. Uh, I say I would say when Glenn died the first time, uh, and I don't know if that rings any bells for you, but when yeah. Glenn died the first time and he fell into that crowd of zombies or that crowd of walkers, and you're just like, oh my god, is this how he goes? Like he 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 does so much throughout the show to this point and then he falls into a crowd of walkers and then it's kind of like that's it he's done and they don't show him for the rest of that season and you're just kind of like what the hell like is this how he goes like this is kind of like the this does him no justice as a person but at the same time you we kind of have to realize that with with stuff like this not a not like the people that you may look up to or the people that are around in your lives may not go out in that blaze of glory that you expect them to go out in and that, and that's one of the things that we have to consider with this pandemic and with well, COVID. yeah i think that's exactly right i mean i think one of the things i think we all have to come to terms with is i mean you know first of all Anybody can get this, pretty much. Yeah. And second, I mean, what you think of as a pre-existing condition is not what COVID thinks of as a pre-existing condition, number one. And number two, like, I mean, you got healthy people getting it. You got healthy people dropping it. You, got, <laughs> you know? You yeah. Got, uh, it's just... What's amazing, what's, I guess, terrifying is a better word uh, to me, is talking to people like I have all over the country, um, how COVID can just settle along a road. Like the disease seems to settle along a road somehow or whatever. Um, but since you do a relationship podcast, um, here's another movie-related question for you. Yeah, um, go ahead. You remember romantic comedies, right? The genre yes, I of romantic comedy. Okay. I thought you would have. Uh, why do you think romantic comedies went away? <laughs> I, You know, it, it's funny because 
it's it's not necessarily that they go away. It's just like with movies, they kind of fit for the agenda during the time. Like it's like the it's kind of like the closer you get to Halloween, the more horror movies you're gonna see. Um, during the summer, you have those action movies coming out, and then during like the the holiday season, you see kind of the like the Star Wars, the Transformer movies, or actually, I would say Transformer comes out during the summer, but it, it kind of falls into like that cycle. And I would say right now with um, like streaming and the microwave era that we're in, um, we feel like something isn't there anymore, but it's a matter of like, because everything is kind of coming at us so fast, we kind of let some things slip in the, between the cracks, you know, Um, like for example, like for example, it's one of those things where it's like you have a, these people that work on a show for like a year and a half to release on like Netflix or on like Hulu. And then you'll sit down for six hours and finish the show and then be like, man, that they need to come out with more, like more episodes. And it's just like, we just spent a year and a half working on this. What do you mean? We need to come out with more episodes. So it, it, And and it's just one of those things where, you know, like the the hit documentary or the the hit show is out and you know, we everyone watches it and by the time, you know, the show well every time by the by the next week everyone's already moved on to the next show. And sometimes it's in, so important that some shows kind of like release their episodes like weekly like they do like they would do on regular television um because of that you stretch out the hype and you stretch out the the interest for people to continue watching the show and coming back as opposed to sitting there for the the four or five hours that the show is and and then just being like when's more stuff coming out it's i think it's better to say when's the next episode coming out instead of saying when's the next season coming out because that kind of keeps you at the edge of your seat. Yeah. So uh, you're you're like me, or I guess more than me. You're like a, a social media impresario kind of. Um, what's your favorite uh, social media, I guess, application or uh, website or however you say want to say it? Like, what's, um, your favorite, what's your favorite one? I think currently the one that I kind of came I came back to was a uh, Twitter. <clears throat> Sorry, I came back I to Twitter. Twitter. Uh, yeah, I, I I came back to Twitter because um, I originally had my and I've had my Twitter account for a while now, but I remember creating my Twitter account in two thousand eight, and during the time it was kind of like the go-to social media uh, um, site to go to. And then because everyone was able to have it on their phone, like it was easy. It was like flying, flying fingers all the time. I remember being in class and just being able to tweet. And instead of, you know, texting 
people kind of like on a, or even like texting people one-on-one or even doing like group chats or anything like that. Like everyone was on Twitter. Everyone was like posting about their day. Everyone was, you know, kind of like venting out or even like the, the cliche posting song lyrics and the I'm sitting on the couch kind of tweets and stuff like that. But it, I, I managed to come back to it recently and it's been fun. I like it because, you know, there's a lot of new faces on there. There's a lot of people that I still follow that have stayed active and they, they post kind of like what they normally posted like 10 years ago. And it's just uh, nice keeping up with things without having to actually look for it. I would say like, cause you already follow that stream of, of, uh, of media that you you follow um because i know i use twitter for like the new music coming out of the genres that i like uh like sales on like computer parts uh even for me because i play like a uh, horror video games uh they always announce like newer newer uh horror games coming out and then i would say the second one that i i go to every day I think I probably will use it if I'm awake for maybe like 18 hours out of the day. I use Reddit maybe like five hours out of the day on and off. But that's for kind of the same reason. You follow the subreddit that you follow and you kind of go through the the list of things that's available for that day. And then you kind of let it go, but you can come back a few hours later and there's a whole bunch of other new stuff available for you to see. I I use Reddit, uh, to not to promote my podcast, but to get, uh, find guests or answer questions, that kind of thing. Um, Twitch, I've become aware of Twitch. I haven't really used it. Uh, it's tell me what Twitch is. If you don't mind. Uh, so Twitch is a live streaming platform that um, kind of was originally used for uh, like video, live streaming video gameplay, like video game gameplay. Um, and you have people that ha- like have been there before it was when it was just in TV. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I can, the, the biggest thing I could say with Twitch that kind of makes it easier to explain is just, it's just a live feed of someone creating content, whether it's playing video games, whether it's like cooking, whether it's a live stream of a podcast recording, um, sometimes even I stream myself editing the episodes that we release, uh, kind of like the night before the releases and and people come and watch and it's kind of like you give them with the podcast at least you give them kind of like a behind the scenes look of how you do like your production with playing video games like you can be playing the newest game that just came out and or just maybe like that old nostalgia game that everyone enjoys and you'll have people come in and talk to you chat it up and just want to know what what's going on and how you're playing the game what you think of it and you create a community that way either if it's around just one specific game or maybe behind one specific uh channel i mean me i'm thinking 
like personally, I think we we're just scratching the. In a way, well, let me say it. In a way, I think we're just scratching the social media surface. In a way, but in another way, I'm like to me, like Facebook is on the way out. Like to me, I mean, maybe not in a few years, but still, it's like I've noticed a drop off in engagement among groups and among people and and stuff but still like social media itself is like incredibly powerful like i can tell i can use the 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 messenger app and and call folks all over the world or, or you know i mean things like that um do, do you you agree with that or do you disagree that social media is kind of on the one hand we've scratched the surface on the other hand uh it's it's either going to change or it's on the way out uh it it all depends cuz i know it's not necessarily that social media is on the way out it's just like specific applications are on the way out um so you'll have i think the the beauty of of like twitter and instagram is just kind of like it's I guess it's more, it's kind of more considered like the random thought process of people. Uh, and there's just like things popping up left and right. Oh, like here's a picture of someone's food. Here's a picture of someone working out. Uh, here's someone's, you know, uh, just like a meme on, on their account. And people make like accounts just to post memes on. And, and just one of those things where it becomes effortless to do. Um, but I, un- yeah. I completely agree when it comes down to like Facebook, uh, just because not necessarily that Facebook will, like you said, Facebook, I don't think Facebook would be like out within a year, but I can see it not being used as much within the next five years. Like I can see it kind of slowly declining. Um, I think that's one of the main reasons companies like Facebook are buying Instagram, are buying, uh, they recently bought Mixer from um, Microsoft and they made Facebook gaming and they bought a lot of these uh, other content creators and kind of created contracts for them to be on their platform as opposed to being on other platforms like YouTube or or, um, Twitch. And I think... I think when you when you look at the whole picture, I guess it's just a matter of uh, what their next step is going to be as a social media platform, as opposed to whether or not they're going to kind of like fade away or just burn out. Um, but I think for Facebook, uh, again, maybe within the next six years, they'll probably not necessarily be what Facebook is now. But I'm not 100% sure if they're going to be gone completely. I think they'll kind of have something new for them. And then who knows, I would say maybe like Amazon might come into the game of trying to create a social media uh, as well. I mean, I know they, they, um, I don't know if you've heard, but they started kind of dabbling in creating their own airlines. So that's that's one thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Amazon's creating an airline? It, I don't know how true it is, but I know it's uh, rumored that they're kind of dabbling into having their own airlines and being able, I mean, they have the, the planes for it and, you know, they're they're considering doing that. 
I know, uh, I know Amazon essentially, well, first of all, I know that I heard this on a podcast that like, if you got a piece of mail that's crossing, I forget how many state lines, right? Like, yeah. was it three or four? I don't remember, but it wasn't like 50. Okay. It was like, it was yeah, like yeah. not a lot, right? That. Uh, an amazing percentage of U.S. mail actually does time in the Amazon delivery situation, like in the Amazon delivery uh, setup situation kind of thing. Oh, I see. But the thing I, I kind of wonder, the thing with, with Amazon I, I kind of wonder is, like, they're so big. And they're essentially the internet. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like you were talking about airplanes, um, you know, like, like, I, you know, I'm about, I was about to jump on onto a movie. Um, I mean, what's that that line in the movie Judge Dredd where every it's like Taco Bell was every restaurant. I wonder if Amazon is going to become literally everything. Are we? Uh, Oh, go go ahead. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, are they going to become literally everything? Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I would say it's only a matter of time, but obviously with like regulations against like monopolies, um, they would probably find a way to make sure it doesn't do that. But at the same time, I think it would be just Amazon having their hands in everything as as much as possible. Like, uh, like they have movies. They have, like you said, you want to watch a movie, it's on. You can watch it on Amazon Video. You want to hear music, Amazon Music. Even on even podcasts, you can have on Amazon Music. Um. Yeah, food yeah. food can be delivered to your house. You know, groceries can be delivered to your house via Amazon. Um, yeah. Just the fact that you know you can probably order like shoes, pants. I like, I, I uh, can tell you from experience, uh, from bitter experience. Uh, do not order shoes on Amazon. Oh no! Don't do that. So let me because you run a relationship podcast. Do you notice anything about relationships changing or altering in any way or because of COVID or well, just in because general of COVID or because of the world, because of society, because of, because of how things are. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, there's always, a, there's always that thing where you, especially right now, cause I, I know just recently, um, Someone that I knew, I knew that was a, a really close friend of mine, uh, passed away from COVID, and uh, she was married and with kids, and she, now she's no longer around. And you know, for, it's just one of those things where, uh, what kind of like for her husband, what's the next step or what's the next move, you know? And now it's like it's him uh, being a is it a widower. He's a widower. It's a widower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a widower and 
now with the with kids who I believe are under five years old, you know, and Jesus. and then you also have like the the people that might have like the COVID scare where they think they might have COVID or they think uh, they may. So they have to like quarantine for a few days or, or the two weeks and they're expecting, you know, their significant other to be kind of at their side, whether it's uh, morally from a distance or, you know, like that occasional everyday phone call or anything like that. And, you know, they don't receive anything. <laughs> and then they're wondering what the hell is going on with their, uh, with their significant other. Like who, why aren't they, you know, in my corner when I need them the most right now, you know? And I, I think, uh, and it's just, again, you, you deal with, uh, with having to kind of be socially distant or with having a quarantine, especially during last, during the time this year or last year during this time, you know, there was lockdowns and stuff. And I remember, um, Dom and I had gone to Lake Tahoe uh, to visit, to, to just kind of relax. And we went to the snow and I remember just getting locked, locked down over there for a week. And it was wow. one of those, it was one of those things where, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, how does the saying go? Like, you know, fish and guests are kind of the same after, after three days, it starts to stink. You know, and, yeah. and as much as, you know, I I love my fiance and we like spend a, a lot of time together where uh, almost every week we're, or almost every day we we see each other, we hang out and we like watch movies and and play video games and stuff. Uh, there was a point where, you know, there's only so much time you want to spend with someone before you want to kind of be uh, spending it. Uh, with some solitude, you know, and you I'm going to be apart people. for a while. Yeah. 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 And, uh, um, with, Oh, and uh, sorry about that. And with, um, I would say with like, Dom's a really big extrovert and me, I'm a really big introvert. So there's that kind of like, uh, opposite or opposite of the scale when it comes down to personalities and you know so i remember just kind of going outside and taking a smoke break and her going like oh i i'll come outside with you i'm just no no it's okay it's okay like i i, I gotta have this 10 minutes for me and she's like she'd be like well what if i you know like what if i want to like smoke a cigarette with you i'm just like no 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 like you can you can do it on your own time like let me have this like 10 minutes and come back you know but yeah it's just you know, sometimes uh, life will throw challenges. Um, like any, like any relationship, you'll deal with the challenges, and it, it's just a matter of how you deal with them together. Right, right. Um, I mean, so everybody, everybody I talk to, not everybody, but a lot of people I talk to, uh, a lot, uh. Even if it the subject doesn't explicitly come up, uh, sometimes people will talk about, "Hey, you remember when open plan houses were a thing? Yeah, I bet you that's gonna go away." <laughs> yeah, people, people can be like, "I want rooms. I want separate rooms." People, 
Yeah, there's, there's yeah. definitely going to be a point that we reach where, you know, it's going to kind of be like in the movies or in the TV shows, like in the the 70s and 80s, where the the husband and wife had their own separate bed to sleep in. And they would do it because uh, the 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 production companies didn't want people to know that you know, or they didn't, they knew, everyone knows that the husband and wife sleep in a bed together, but the production companies didn't want to give off any wrong ideas with that image for, for children that were watching the show. But I think we'll, we'll probably reach a point where, you know, uh, couples will end up kind of wanting their own room to, to sleep yeah. in or for their hobbies and stuff. So yeah, I think we're getting, we're getting, near that that time also i wonder too like i wonder when there's enough vaccine and enough people's arms and and people still you know i wonder if some of these hobbies like like uh bread baking like i read somewhere like there's more flour getting bought now than there ever used to be and and like you know i i i think i read somewhere or heard somewhere that there's 17,000 podcasts a week, like a 17,000 new podcasts a week. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder like how much of this is going to uh, keep surviving and keep not just surviving, but, but growing and changing and, and all like that. And I mean, you know, or like, here's a thought that I have every single day that I sit in front of this microphone and either talk to somebody or or do a history podcast or whatever right yeah i wonder i wonder like if you're gonna have people who like you can get a pretty good education from a podcast if you're listening to right podcasts you get a pretty decent education from a podcast. So one of the things I wonder is like, I wonder if like the average person is going to get smarter from listening to philosophize this or podcasts like that. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, I think one of the things is I know, um, because I'm a, I'm a school librarian. Um, but oh, one of the cool. things that I that I like about doing the whole um, recording and uh, podcasting, and I feel like it's something that will help people more along in the lines of, like you're saying, maybe um, you find you'll find more of your interest of what you what you like to learn because of a podcast. Because um, I know, like uh, even during the time of taking uh, an accounting class, the instructor was doing, um, he was recording his lectures. And when he was recording the lecture, he even himself admitted to, he, he said, oh man, like, you know, this is the first time I've ever recorded my lectures. And to be honest, this is great. He goes, because now I can record my whole lecture and for the student that may need it to take the notes again or may need to like listen to a certain part of my lecture, the I can just 
present the whole lecture to them as a recording and they can listen to it over and over again if they want to and take the proper notes that they need to take. And I feel even with maybe assignments in the future, um, whether it's on a high school environment or um, like a elementary school environment or even like a college environment where maybe an assignment is that. Listen to a podcast based off of what we're learning right now. And then I I actually know that to be, I actually know that to be the case because uh, there's a, there's a couple, there's at least one college. There's at least one professor somewhere. Uh, I can't remember where exactly, but there's one professor that has assigned my Spanish flu uh, podcasts to his class or to her class. I don't want to assign the wrong gender to this person, but, but yeah. I got that email. Uh, uh, God, it's been a while now, but yeah. Um, so I know that's how, I mean, I can tell you that's going on. Um, yeah. From and, that's, experience. and that's the thing. It's, it's similar to, you know, audiobooks. you know, I know, I know, uh, Sometimes when I I do like read alouds via remotely and sometimes, you know, some of the students go, I have an idea for a book and I would like to do this book for like a book club. And instead of, you know, I'll have some students that will read out loud or I'll have some students that follow, hear me read it. And then there's some that go, I found it on the, I found it either on Audible via Amazon uh so like the call back there but they go you know i found it on youtube someone was reading it and eventually you know they'll they'll let me know that it got taken down but and i go yeah because copyright stuff but at the same time you know the they find ways to keep keep them engaged and sometimes you know i'd and me personally i'd rather hear someone kind of give me the the notes of, for example, like the Spanish flu, and I'd rather hear someone tell me about it than having to do the the research myself and reading the the book on it. You know. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I think that, well, the one thing I think about that I learned because I did a deep dive into Spanish flu was I'm more. Uh, comfortable with research than some other people might be, right? Like, yeah. uh, that's a skill. I like. I I relearned how doing research is a skill that not everybody has. <laughs> yeah, not everybody wants to have. But hey, listen, I can't sit on the line with a school librarian without asking how you're situation is making it through COVID. How your school and everything's making it through COVID. Um, with us uh, being in California, um, our school is still um, working remotely. Uh, it's been, you know, it's it's been a really weird year for sure. Um, I know from my perspective, you know, I still show up. 
I still have, I'm contract contractually obligated to show up. Um, so <laughs> I'm in the there. middle of a earth shaking pandemic. <laughs> yes. And, and, and what's funny is that, you know, uh, instructors aren't there. Students aren't there, but that a lot has a lot to do with, um, it being the union that you're in. Um, with yeah. the union that I'm in, I'm part of the California State Educators Assistance Union. Um, so okay. what that means is that I'm there to assist as best as I can. But because, you know, um, that does include like the front office workers, that includes uh, like custodians, that includes uh, like campus monitors and like l- like lunch uh, chefs and stuff like that. Um, right. They still show up, like custodians still sh- because the custodian still has to show up, and the front office worker still has to show up to do like the cleaning and disinfecting and like the paperwork and stuff. Um, I know like the cafeteria people still have to show up because they distribute food to families um, that may be in need of that meal uh, every day. And um, because I'm still part of that union and they show up, I have to show up. And what I've I've taken advantage of doing, again, like um, reading, reading to students, uh, like doing the read alouds via remotely. Um, I know I've kind of done the inventory for my library and have brought it up to date because it was about uh, 25 years old. And uh, the average um, age that you would like to have a library, at least at a school setting, is uh, 12 years. So that uh, I brought it yeah. up to date to 10 I years. Not that we were in high school, 25. Yeah. 20. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of the books that I, I find, you know, um, are like brand new books that were probably published back in, you know, 1955 and a lot of the books that I found when I first started working there were just like, yeah, this, some of this information isn't uh, true anymore. Some of this information is already like proven incorrect or, or altered. So this book is kind of useless (laughs) and it's just, yeah. Do you have to like, so I guess like I was, uh, you know, I have a master's in archival history. So do you have to like uh, call some stuff and you've come up with a schedule for that or, or what? Like, How's, what do you mean? Do you have to like, I guess weed or like take, okay. So like, okay. Encyclopedias, right? Oh yeah. Or, like uh what's another one? Oh god, it's been so long. But um like for example, like um high school annuals or or like so um what's okay, here's one. Here's one. Uh novels, right? So that can get tricky. Like a novel. A novel can yeah. get tricky because like do you, do you have to go by, like, is this novel being checked out or what? 
Uh, so I did because I used to do uh, inventory management for a retail company. Um, and sorry, that was that was my dog. But I used to do uh, inventory management for a big video game retail company. Uh-huh. Um, I've learned how to properly inventory some of the books and novels and graphic novels that we have. Um, so a lot of it is kind of like that. I, I find a, a history of that specific book as I'm doing the inventory and seeing when's the last time it was checked out how many times it's been checked out and when we received it into our inventory at the library. And if it's something where if the book has, hasn't been checked out in over, you know, two years, then I kind of, uh, weed it out or I, I, I either use it. I either find a way to promote the book to students so they can uh, be more interested in reading it. And if it's something that becomes where it's like, okay, I tried promoting it. I tried, you know, using it as a read aloud. So at least some students would be interested in reading it. And if it gets no traction or anything, then I I do unfortunately weed it out. Um, And sometimes they're almost brand new books. But if it's it's been there for so long and no one picks it up and I even... uh, try to refer to it to some of the instructors where I work and then they say no it's not something that I would have in my curriculum then yeah I end up having to put store it elsewhere just having to recycle it I remember uh years and years ago I think I'm gonna tell on myself here uh, slightly there used to be, well, technically it's still around, but there was a series of books called The Young Investigators. Well, Alfred Hitchcock presents The Young Investigators. And I can still remember their names. Uh, Jupiter, Pete, and crap, I forgot the rest of them. But I started reading that in elementary school. And I read it most of the way through high school. And like oh. they started publishing those books in the 60s. You know? Yeah. And, and I remember like I remember like checking out one of them. I was like, good God, somebody checked this book out when my mother was eleven. Oh wow. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like this actual this actual book was being listen was being read when my mom was eleven and I was like, wow. <laughs> was your mom's was your mom's name on the book too? Like uh Oh no no no. Um oh, okay. like um no we didn't go to the same elementary school mom and me like different times obviously but yeah you know I'm sure that does go on um but not no I didn't go to the same schools my parents did. Um, no, did you? No, no. My my parents are um, from Mexico, and then I, I was born born in the states. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so what's that like being? I guess being Mexican American. If you don't mind my asking, are you bilingual, for example? Or? Uh, yeah, I am. Um, okay. I consider myself more um. Chicano 
Okay. Um, so Chicano is the term that they used to call the the Mexicans, um, and the kind of the the California southern border um, towards Mexico, because uh, the way uh, Mexican or Mexican is pronounced, it, it's pronounced Mexican. It was uh-huh. supposed to be because it was the part of the native language of the Nawal, um, or it was in Nawal. And then, um, so words like chocolate, uh, oh my God, there's a lot of words that, if, if the word more than likely starts with like a CH, and it's like a food, part of the food groups, or part of just like a animal. But more more than likely, like uh, a lot of a lot of the like I said, a lot of the foods uh, like chocolate for sure. Like uh, it was like it, there was like the cacao, uh, and then uh-huh. chocolate. Um, a lot of these a lot of these words come from kind of like the Aztec language, and and it kind of transitions over to. Uh, Spanish, which is uh-huh. uh, the okay. kind of like the the language that's used in Mexico, but um, I know. But I know um, the word Chicano though originates from the word uh, Mexico, and mm-hmm. when um, which is how Mexicans pronounce Mexico. Is that is that right? Yeah, a, a lot of the a, a lot of like the original original um i original people i would say um pr- pronounce the x's as a cha uh-huh. um but okay. now more recently um a lot of the people pronounce the x's as a j so like the name uh xavier in spanish would be javier huh yeah because wow. that technically no, I... the x would be considered wow. a the, the like a J sound. So like somebody okay so, okay so like uh, the Braves had a catcher named Javi Lopez. Mm-hmm. So you're saying like somewhere back in the day, his name was. Uh, say it okay. Uh, it would be it would be like Xavier. Like so, the name Xavier actually uh, would originate from being uh, like a Spanish name, huh. uh, because of the X being used as a as a J to kind of like a re- represent the sound that the J makes. Um, and though it look and and it it gets adopted, you know, because of well, the United States being a, a, a melting pot of different cultures. So yeah. you'll find names um, in different cultures and you'll go, wow, like that's uh, I wonder how this person got that name. But, you know, it, or where their name originates from, because I know at least for my name, um, well, it, it's Frank, but it, it originates, you know, as a German name or it's Francisco, but it originates as a German name, you know. So then, you were okay. So you were named, but were you named Francisco or were you named? It's Francisco, yeah. Okay, okay. But I, I go by Frank. Yeah, okay, like the the Anglican, the Anglicized uh, uh, version. Yeah. 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 
Huh. Wow. Yeah, but there, there's I, a lot, you know. Uh, oh, sorry. Go go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, when I was in college, I knew a guy who was, uh, he was very Germanic looking. Okay. Very Anglo looking for real. Yeah. And he had uh, a Spanish name, but his last name was German. I mean, he was obviously, you know, Nordic. Um, and I asked him one day, I was like, well, how, why do you have this obviously Spanish name? And he said, because my mother absolutely loved that name. I was like, did your mom know anybody with that name? You know, with that name? No. No. She just always loved the name. <laughs> that's how That's how much of a melting pot we are, you know? Yeah. Just saying. Um, yeah. So, like, um, with your with your what part of Mexico are your parents from? You know, my, uh, my parents are from uh, Michoacan. Well, yeah, Metro Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta does for sure, for sure, for real. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and uh, we have our uh, we have some Mexican restaurants in this town that people are in this part of town that people come to from all over the state. Just to go eat there. Just to go eat there. There's actually wow. uh, a taco place. Uh, Mexico. Uh, there's actually like a Mexican restaurant place uh, that's right around the way from a doctor of mine. That is literally one of the highest rated restaurants. Like on, I forget if it's Yelp or what it is, but I mean, <laughs> it's literally right up there with some like famous restaurants, you know, and it's just just like this taco place, which is great, but it's like, you would, if you were just to pass by it, you would just, you would not know that, man, that thing has like people coming to that from all over the place, literally like all over town, like all over the Metro. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. God, I miss authentic tacos so much. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I know. Damn you, COVID. <laughs> I went to uh, I went to Arkansas one time, and and that was one of those things where we were we were talking about um, getting some like burritos, you know. And when they're like, "Oh, this place is, you know, like the best." taco like the best mexican food that you'll ever try like like all this and you know i i guess i try not to be biased because we're in california i live like right in the middle of california with it being stockton so everything's about like two hours away from me you know so i'll uh if i want to go to like the snow it's two hours to the to the east and if i want to go to the beach it's like two hours to the west you know, but um, I remember they were telling us, like, this is going to be the best Mexican food you'll ever have. Like, there's nothing that can beat it. There's no way you'll find anything better. And it was like the worst Mexican food I've ever had. And and I remember just kind of eating there and going, this is what this is what your guys's best is. 
And they're like, yeah, like, don't you, like, it's amazing, right? I'm just, I was like, oh, my God, dude, like, I don't know. I don't know how you guys can eat this. This isn't this isn't good at all. And I ended up uh we ended up actually going to the store and I I got we got um like meat and tortillas and stuff and I remember just going like, "Okay guys, like you guys are going to be ready for this. Like this is going to be what what's going to change your mind." And yeah, ever since then I remember them like um, I always get that message from one of my buddies out there, and he'll be like, "So, uh, when are you coming by? Because uh, you know we miss that we miss that Mexican food that you were making yeah. instead." So, yeah, I it's remember just, like uh, a buddy of mine that I went to high school with. He was from Cuba. Well, he wasn't from Cuba, but his his parents were. One of his parents was, and um, we reconnected in college when I went back to college. And we went out. There was this uh, Mexican restaurant right around the corner from where I lived. Like, literally within walking distance of where I lived. And this is where I, I, I knew this from before. Like, somehow I knew this. I don't even know how I knew it. But he, the first time I ever saw it was he would... He started talking in Spanish to these people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they hand us this menu. And he starts talking in Spanish to these people. And they run off, and they get this other menu, and it's totally in Spanish. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like a completely different situation, food-wise. Completely different. And he was like, okay, Ben, what do you want? And I was like, what do they have? He goes, what do you want? And I says, well, I want, they have goat. And he's just, da 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 you know? And, yeah. Uh, so he just starts, you know, talking in Spanish and they're writing it down. They come back and it was like something out of Star Trek with the food. But <laughs> I swear he ate cactus. I swear to you, that's real. He oh, cactus, cactus is so good. Yeah. But the thing that I remember after that was once I learned this place has a whole other menu that's really better. Um. I would go and I'd be like, I'm going to need your help, but I want the Mexican menu, like the real Mexican. Yeah. (laughs) And the guy looked at me after like two years of doing this, the guy looked at me and he goes, you look like a gringo, but you sure don't eat like one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I was, I never had the guts to try the cactus, but Oh, it's it's so good, man. I, I next time uh, you go, I recommend it. Um, what okay? What does cactus taste like? Oh, it's hard to describe it. Um, it's hard to describe the texture, and I I feel like I'm gonna I'd probably get some backlash if I say the how I feel like it it, it the texture to it, but it, it I would say it tastes kind of like. Uh, kind of blubbery i i can say maybe that would be the best way to describe it Blubber. yeah but it's uh because it of the water in the cactus is that it i would agree i would believe so but uh the the texture is really good and um it's not like you'll have it's it's not made it, it won't have like thorns in it or anything obviously but no, uh, no his didn't have thorns in it it was like cut up cactus, like a, yeah. 
I think it's like either cut up in small squares or strips. Um, uh-huh. And then it, I believe most of the time it'll come with, you know, like uh, onions, tomatoes, like uh, cilantro. Like and a, like almost like a salad, but not yeah. a salad. Yeah, and, and it's so good. If you, if you top it, if you use it and kind of like combine it with like a good um, beef, like a asala, like a okay. oh, like super good, super good. Okay, okay. So, like, what's your favorite? Oh God, I could talk to you about Mexican food all day long. <laughs> I swear to God, what's like your favorite, like, dish that like maybe gringos like me don't know about? Um, there's there's a. I don't necessarily go to Mexican restaurants as much. Um, Why would you? I'm just saying. Yeah, like, yeah, it's more of like, um, my mom cooks. I'm fortunate enough to that my mom cooks and is alive and kicking and stuff. Uh, I only go to like uh, taco trucks, like burrito trucks. That's for sure. Like, if I eat Mexican food outside of my house, Uh, my favorite dish. Growing up as a kid, it was called, uh, they're called tortas hogadas, which is uh, like a a drowned, like, sandwich. Um, What it is, is like, if you ever had, like, um, enchiladas, um, they get the bread, they get the bread of, like, a, a, a bolillo bread, like a loaf of bread. And they they dip the the bread into the the chili, and then they stuff the they stuff the like the bread with like uh, either like ham, lettuce, tomatoes, like a regular sandwich, or they they stuff it with like chicken. And it's one of the oh, to me, it's like one of the best one of the best foods growing up. I remember again, I used to eat it as a kid when I would visit Mexico. Um, but now as an adult, I think uh, one of my favorite meals is just a regular enchilada. Like my 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 mom makes enchiladas on like kind of the special occasion. And I think uh, I always look forward to it whenever there's some, it's like someone's birthday in the family because it's always like, okay, like I know someone's making something good and you know i'm I'm never disappointed so so that man i was telling you about he he told me that enchiladas are actually american like that's an american dish invention an american take on mexican food Hmm. yeah does that ring a bell or uh, no, not really. Um, and huh. to say, and to think, you know, I know like burritos are like an uh, American thing. That's not something yeah, that yeah, yeah. Mexico. But um, he told me that too. I was like, really? Wow. Yeah, but I'm not sure. To be honest, I've I've never heard of the the idea of enchiladas being um, like yeah. an American dish originally. But so so like what is a burrito a take a take on like uh, or is it just something out of whole cloth just an American thing? You know I I know people have like the burrito is 
used in Mexican restaurants. I've been to Mexico and had burritos out there also. So, I mean, ultimately, mm-hmm. someone just came up with a good idea of uh, packaging or making the Crunchwrap Supreme before it was the Crunchwrap Supreme, you know? <laughs> it's like something that's good to go and you can carry it with you and not worry about spilling the food. Oh, oh my Everything. God. I, I got a Mexican-American to say that Taco Bell made something that was palatable. Oh, God. I'm sorry. (laughs) Listeners of the History Voyager, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry that happened. (laughs) I'm I'm just going to say, you know, uh, I, I... I guess Taco Bell's more like a guilty, a guilty pleasure for for me sometimes. Uh, but that's definitely, I know it's not. You know, I I would never consider it like a authentic anything. I, it was just like, it's just definitely one of those things where when you're coming home and it's like two a.m. and and you don't want to cook yeah. anything, like you're just like, you know what, uh, uh, the cheesy gordita crunch sounds like real, like it's gonna hit the spot, and then you regret it. You regret it right after, you know. I, you know, I, I used to have this friend that um, he um, he deep fried Twinkies before anybody. I, he was the first person I knew that deep fried Twinkies. Honestly, before it was even a thing, um, like in places, <laughs> and um, he did it so much that a friend of his. That was from another country. Yeah. Really thought that's, I mean, he actually thought that what a Twinkie was, was you buy the Twinkie, you take it home, and then you deep fry it. Oh, he thought that's what the Twinkie was. Yeah, no. He did not think what a Twinkie was, was you buy a Twinkie and then eat the Twinkie. Yeah. He thought there was a cooking step in between. Oh, wow. (laughs) But so he got himself, okay. So he got himself an American girlfriend, right? Yeah. Um, and the girlfriend, you know, why are you? No, we don't cook the Twinkies. We eat the Twinkies. And he was like, Ben, Ben, I, I had a Twinkie. Um, it was horrible, Ben. Why does why do people eat these raw? That's what he he said. Why yeah. do people eat these raw? <laughs> That's so crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my yeah, yeah. I, I I had friends that would uh, wrap the Twinkie in bacon. Like they would deep fry the Twinkie, wrap it in bacon, and then deep fry it again. Oh, so it's like oh. deep fried and the bacon. Oh my god! I I yeah, yeah. my you know oh. my breathing my breathing just thinking about it right now just. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely, I think I'm getting heartburn just thinking about it. <laughs> I'm definitely like, <laughs> yeah. That's, no, one of, I, that's one of those things that's. It probably tastes good, but it's like, oh god. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're definitely you, gonna regret it after. You know that's bad. Oh lordy. Uh, okay, people of the future. There's a thing called a Twinkie. Uh, it is a pastry that we put uh, uh, that a that a major corporation currently out of Mexico puts <laughs> what uh, uh, some kind of gop or whatever you call it. Yeah, great filling. In, filling inside the Twinkie. 
Uh, I know from personal experience, if you use the strawberry filling and you cook it, it's delicious. Mm. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. Uh, don't eat it. It's unhealthy. It'll kill you. <laughs> and it's and it's just, you know, uh, 75% air and the rest of it is Twinkie. <laughs> I, I'm almost sure that smoking a pack of cigarettes would be healthier for you than then eating he, a deep fried Twinkie. Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Uh, uh, Frankie, we've been at this for an hour, for an hour and 20 minutes. Um, and I'm sure this is going to make the pot. I'm sure all this is just going to be mounted right on the internet. Uh, is there anything you want to tell the listeners of one of the biggest independent podcasts that isn't about sex or murder? <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there's a there's a few. I'm I fall into a network of uh, a me a content creating network that umbrellas mine, but um, so I I'm from. My podcast show is part of the Emotional Wreck um, Network, so that falls with a few other uh, other programs that they're working on. Um, but I would like to recommend people if you're into comic books um, or into just more kind of like media content. Um, I do have a buddy besides my podcast, of course, but I do have a buddy named Uncle Dad. Um, he has. He has a podcast show called uh, Uncle Dad Talks, and uh, they discuss comic books and how they relate to the things that are going on currently in our times. And just kind of like a, uh, I would say it's a comic book, almost a comic book history podcast. Um, him and a, a comic book artist named Mike Hampton work on it together. And it's uh, I believe they're they're doing pretty good right now. With uh, I believe they they have over thirty plus episodes for you, for anyone to binge if you're interested. So I'm again I, I'm I'm Polaroid I'm Frank the Polaroid Fox. I'm from a podcast show called uh, Coopals Therapy. It's a video games and relationship podcast show uh, with. Uh, episodes coming out every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, it's available on all social media, or not social media, on all streaming platforms like uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, um, or you can catch us on our regular Podbean uh, channel. Um, I stream on, on Twitch on a regular basis. My fiance Dom streams on a, uh, almost a regular basis as well. Um, she streams a lot more than I do. Uh, I'm, I would say I'm Polaroid Fox everywhere you go. That's a uh, Polaroid, like the camera and Fox with two X's. And, uh, my fiance Dom is damn dummy. So that's D A M N, uh, D O M I. And she's available on Twitch, Facebook gaming. Um, Instagram, and I believe she's Nikki Love on Twitter. So that's, uh, I believe it's N I K K I E underscore L O V E E. But I'll, yeah. I'll get it correct and I'll, I'll give you the, the links. Yeah, yeah. Drop me, drop me an email. Let me, um, 
I'll, I'll, uh, we'll figure out a way off, off the air for you to email me and all this and me to email you. Cause I totally want to talk to that other comic book fella, which now that, you know what, what the, Hey, let me ask you about comic books since, since we're still on the air technically. Yeah. Um, comic books. When did you get into that? Uh, me personally, I got into comic books at kind of a very young age. I know because um, I do. I used to draw and illustrate a lot more when I was younger. I dabble in it a little bit more now. I dabble in it now, so it's not necessarily something that I do often. But when I was younger, I used to draw almost every day and illustrate almost every day. And um, that kind of got me into comic books. Because I remember going to Al's comic book shop in Stockton and going to get like the, I wouldn't say the latest, I would always get something that would kind of catch my eye before anything else. And I remember getting like a Venom, like the Venom comic books. I remember um, getting a lot of Spider-Man that I ended up getting like a Spider-Man history book that I completely got it only because i liked the pages inside because they had a, like a good uh directory of all the villains all the heroes all the characters in the in the comic book series and in the show uh during that time i believe it was like 2002 or 2001 um and i remember just drawing almost every character learning how to like redraw spider-man in different positions and and maybe until this day like i can probably pick up uh when i pick up like a pen or a pencil and i doodle i think like one of the first things that i doodle right away is just spider-man's head but i think it's because it's like one of the easiest heroes you can draw and i think it's just such an uh, uh his story is so amazing and the able the way they've been able to adapt it um to different characters and different people over time like i wouldn't say it's really a reboot but even with like the character like miles morales it's just a, a good way to introduce uh like anyone into the comic book series and then uh i know one of my favorite graphic novels is uh the Watchmen, and I just, love that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember just getting the Watchmen graphic novels. Um, one, I got it complete, so uh, um, because I wasn't really alive during the time it actually came out, but um, I got the complete graphic novel. And then after that, I remember getting the the psychology book in it. And I learned about like moral philosophy because of the, because of that book. So it was uh, wow, one of those yeah. things that I really, really, really enjoy reading. And I come back to it a lot. And when the the movie came out, uh, I was kind of like right there getting watching the movie. And I now with the when the show came out on HBO, I remember like picking up the the graphic novel, reading through it again, and then watching the show and then going like, Oh, I get this reference. Oh, I get this reference. And I remember talking to people and they would go like, I don't know what the squids are about. Like why there was that no was crazy. Coming. How they threw the squids in there. Yeah. Uh, that was crazy. And also like, I think I thought the twist was really cool about how 
God, Ozzy Mendez. Yeah, Ozzy Mendez. Uh, yeah. the end where he, uh, spoiler alert, where he essentially put himself in a prison. Yeah. It's uh, it's such a, you know, his, because uh, even in the comics, you know, his character was always a step ahead of everything. And what yeah. was so good is that I believe in the comic books, but even in the move in the movie that came out back in 2009, um, he tells uh, the Night Owl and Rorschach, he goes, you know, I can, I'm, he goes, I don't know why you guys uh, think there's any way you guys can stop me. Um, I'm telling you guys my plan because I already executed it five minutes ago. Like, there's no, I'm not, you know, the the dumb villain that's going to explain my whole plan before I even execute it now. Like, I already executed the plan. And um, right. in the philosophy book, you know, his character was considered a utilitarian, where, you know, the overall outcome is more important than, you know, the, the I guess, you know, the, the term you break a few eggs to make an omelet, you know, that was, that's his philosophy, the kind of the simplified version of it. So, okay. When it comes to the Watchmen TV show, how do you think it ended? First of all, have you seen it? Yes. Yes. I see. I, I, um, I actually waited for all the episodes to be out to actually sit down and watch the whole thing. I, um, I would not want to watch that one, one episode at a time. It, no, <laughs> I would not yeah, want to do was, that. Yeah. It was so, it was too good for me to, I remember watching the first episode when it released. And then I just thought to myself, I'm like, no, I can't wait. And then I just waited until everything was out to be able to yeah. sit through it completely. Um, you know the the show ended so well. I I I personally think the show ended so well because it it leaves it leaves the the it's ending open up for to interpretation. Your, yeah, it, it leaves it open for the imagination to know whether or not you know um, she steps on the water or not. I would say. I I I wonder. I think she does. I hope. I hope she does. Yeah. I think you're, well, I think everybody hopes that she does, but uh, I think she does. Yeah. I, 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 I think she does also. And at the same time, I, I was telling Dom when we finished watching it, because I watched it twice completely. I watched it by myself, and then I watched it with her, but um, she kind of turned to me and said, so does she walk on the water? And I said, I don't know. And she goes, what do you mean you don't know? I go, I I don't know. They don't (laughs) tell you. And then I laughed, and I said, what if, you know, she tries to step on the water, and, and she just ends up, kind of falling into the pool and I just start laughing because I can I can see that being maybe like a a a small prank that Dr. Manhattan would do. 
What did you think about the they consciously cast an African American person as Doctor Manhattan? Like, I mean, I, I think I, uh, I think that's a. I thought that was a really good uh, move for them to do. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily for like a a social a social purpose, but just for his character to be someone who wanted to again wanted to have the privacy and the solitude, and I believe uh-huh. like uh-huh. a just a term of hiding in plain sight was such a good was such a good thing because even uh-huh. for me even for me I I didn't see it coming when when she kind of like brought him back to life yeah you know the the move he made where let's uh i want i don't want to remember like i don't want to remember that i'm this person that is so that works on so many levels you know what i'm saying like that that's just so when i saw that that date that she that he took her on where he he created a world for her yeah i was like oh my god and the the end of the movie like the end of the series where he died and you're like and he's like this is the part of the this is the moment the moment in my life when i realized i loved you and i was yeah. like dude yeah, Dude, the no, whole. Definitely. No wonder you wanted to forget. Like, oh my yeah. god! And it, it it was one of those things where, um, I don't know, because I I I remember in the comic book and even in the movie they had mentioned where you know and 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 it goes into the interpretation for anyone how they view like the concept of time, but like time is happening all at once. And our eyes can only interpret it at one frame per time. You know what I mean? And that's one of those things where he was able to see time in the past, future, and present all at once. So he was like this all-knowing being because he was experiencing it all at once. So a lot of the the things that um, in the show they kind of go over it without actually going over it where he's able to kind of pinpoint why she would be angry at him, why she would be sad because of him. And and then the whole idea of him saying, well, there's a part in my, there's a part that I don't know what happens, but I know you have a reason to deal with it. And she's just like, uh, especially on the first date. And he's just kind of like, she's just like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You sound like a, a psycho or like you sound crazy. And he's just <laughs> like, no, no, like we'll be back. Like we'll be back here again. So it's so it's such yeah. a good way to play on his character. It's another way to say that is like uh uh I don't know if you've ever seen the first season of True Detective, but the Matthew McConaughey character in True Detective says Time is a flat circle. You know? Yeah. And I just thought, like, that is, that's the best line in a while, in a movie or show. Time is a flat circle. 
That's a great way to. It's a great way to. Um, actually, I think that's a great way to end the show. All right, uh, Frankie, one more time, because <laughs> I talked to you for longer than I thought. Uh, no, tell, no tell, tell my people, tell my listeners, uh, your your stuff, and drop me links and stuff, and I'll put that in the description. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll email you the link, but or I'll email you all the information. But um, again, uh, thank you so much. Uh, are you Ben on the show or Benjamin? I, I am. Well, my friends call me Ben. Uh, I call myself Benjamin because you know when I get into so season three of my show is going to be about uh, the tulip bubble. Uh, okay. I don't know if you. I don't know if you heard about that. Um, I have little knowledge on it, but I. I well, yeah, I I was inspired to do it because of the GameStop, uh, situation. Oh, okay. With the, with the stocks, you know. Yeah. I, I was inspired because I was like, dude, I've seen this before, the tulip bubble. Okay, let's do that. Nice, nice. But yeah, I'll throw your links in the description. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, Frankie, aka the Polaroid Fox, uh, the pod half of the podcaster duo, duo of the Co-Opples Therapy, and this has been episode ninety-three of the History Voyager, folks. All right, kids. We'll see you later. Have a good one, Frankie.